1: Betty and Barney Hill experience time loss and night terrors without any explanation as to what it might mean. A new play, based on the book by John G. Fuller, The Interrupted Journey, follows Barney and Betty as they enter hypnosis and discover that their fear and lost time was due to an alien abduction. Experience their account in an off-Broadway staged reading of The Interrupted Journey, September 16th at 7 p.m. at Theater for the New City in New York City. A link for the tickets and more information is available in the show notes. Get your tickets now and experience the most documented alien abduction ever recorded.
0: In 1980, racial tensions in Atlanta, Georgia were at a boiling point. This is also when 28 young African Americans were killed. With virtually no traces of evidence as to who the killer was, the mayor and police commissioner of the city suspected the killer to be white and possibly a member of the Ku Klux Klan. But the newly formed Behavioral Science Unit of the FBI had drawn a different conclusion. Those of you who watch the Netflix series Mindhunter might already be familiar with the Atlanta child murders. This is the story of Wayne Williams,
2: I'm Mike. I'm Ian and I'm Dave if you thought stranger danger was just a corny saying stick around do you know where your kids are tonight this is Necronomapod
1: for almost two years the bodies have kept coming out of Atlanta's rivers and woods and week after week police speak of sorrow and sympathy but not a solution At police task force headquarters, there are 27 faces on the wall, 26 murdered, one missing. The killer? There is a handful of sketches, no one the same, no one certain to be the person police want. Almost a year after the task force was set up, police can't answer who or why. They don't know how or where or even how many of the black victims may have been killed by the same person. One investigator says even if the killer walked in the door and confessed, there is not enough evidence now to convict him.
0: All right, so raise your hand if you're sick as fuck. My hand's up.
2: It's just, just you, buddy. That's why I sound
0: like this tonight. So this is what you guys get to listen to for the next uh, 120 minutes or hour and 20 minutes or 90 minutes or until they decide to shut my mic off and say, fuck you, you're, you're done talking.
2: Might be in five minutes because I'm honestly sick of hearing it already. Um, I'm hurting <laughs> over here today.
0: We're gonna we're gonna limp through this one, but here I am.
2: How thanks, are you guys? Thanks this for week? coming.
0: How are you guys? Doing good. Yeah. I'm good? Yeah. You guys excited? Patreon launched. Very cool. Very exciting. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Sign up today. It's going live officially for bonus content this Thursday. What is that? Yep. The fifth? Yep. September fifth, two thousand nineteen. Will be the first <laughs> bonus episode. And to clarify too. Bonus content moving forward is going to be exclusively on Patreon.
2: 100%.
0: Every Sunday, you're still going to get your free show of Necronomopod. We're still going to give it the same piss and vinegar we give every week. (laughs) It's still going to be a thorough, hearty uh, rundown of whatever the topic is. But the bonus episodes and the bonus content is going to move over to Patreon. Uh, But on top of that, we're going to give it to you more regularly and have it Uh, at least three times a month you're going to get a bonus show so that's you know Three out of four weeks, you're going to get at least a a bonus show. With some interactive,
2: uh, you know, call-in shows and such sprinkled in as well. Yeah, it's
0: going to be fun. It's not just going to necessarily be the topics. We might do some news stories, thorough news ones, not just quick 20-minute ones. We're going to do some, at some point, some call-in shows where patrons can call in and tell us their, their thoughts and maybe share stories, do some trivia stuff, and, and have a good time. So... Patreon is officially launching. We're really excited about it. We hope you guys are into it as well. Uh, Patreon.com slash Um Ian, what are we covering
1: this week on Patreon? Uh, we're going to kick it off with a heavy hitter and do Son of Sam. Boom. David Berkowitz. Boom. Excellent. It's a bonus bomb we just dropped on your
0: asses. <laughs> you have until this Thursday to sign up to catch it. You don't want to miss that's that. Not one. True, it's actually not true. You can sign up whenever and still catch it. But yeah. we would just like you to sign up as soon as possible so that you don't miss anything and you can interact with us. So
2: back episodes will be available. Back
0: when episodes when you will join, be sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's going to be a private Discord chat that we're all going to be a part of. And I didn't know what Discord was up until probably about six, seven months ago when I subscribed uh, as a patron to a podcast and they set up a discord and it's essentially just like a little chat room where all the patrons can go and have like an ongoing chat and we're going to be a part of it. We'll each have our own accounts and we can talk with the people and um, you know, maybe get some ideas for what they want to hear, some shows, some stuff, uh, things like that. Or they can just, you know, fucking bust our balls or whatever. They can call Dave old and call (laughs) me a fucking drunk hillbilly, you know, whatever they want. All the above statements would be correct. um so have you guys used Discord before have you guys used that
2: I have a couple times it, yeah it should be fun yeah you know. so we'll, we'll, we'll
0: try it out we'll see how it goes yeah. but everyone will be able to uh they'll have an exclusive link to that so they can they can chat with us um it'll might, be a
2: community
0: <laughs> we'll have no laughing on today's show <laughs> I'm gonna throw up um we'll talk we' we'll, we'll have some uh, some swag to throw out to people uh at some point to, uh, and' As uh, As well as some discounts to the Necronelipod store so you can get that Mr. Mug shirt you've been wanting or that uh, alien abduction shirt that you've been having mm. eyeballing for so long but have been too fucking cheap to pull the trigger on.
1: <laughs> you, you can sign up with a
0: 10% discount.
1: You know what I just thought of when you said swag. The, uh, the office where Michael says the answer stuff we all get, <laughs> that's
0: when he goes to like the, uh, like the, it's like a food show or like a, you know, whatever that show is, the, um,
1: the office paper convention, the paper or convention or it's
0: not even a food show. It's a fucking paper convention stuff. We all get, <laughs> well, if you're a patron, you'll get some stuff we can all get. <laughs> and this Thursday, like we said, September 5th, son of Sam. So we figured we give uh we'd start off with a bang and give yep. you something fun Lots
1: of bangs with, with that yeah.
2: uh what did that guy have? A
1: forty-four? The forty-four caliber killer. It's a big gun until he branded himself. Yeah. That was my nickname in college. The forty-four caliber killer. Boom. <laughs> Slaying all day. Slaying.
0: <laughs> I need a beer just thinking about it.
1: So what are we talking about today? We had a real feel good story. This one is uh you picked this one out, Dave. I did.
2: It's uh the Wayne Williams uh, Atlanta child murder story.
0: And so I guess off the top, for those of you, well, for those of you who watch the show Mindhunter on Netflix, you probably already understand what this episode's going to be about, yep. at least partially. Yeah, for good, those of you that don't, um, Netflix has the show. You guys watch it. Why don't you guys talk about Mindhunter real quick? Just let yeah, they, people know whatever the show's about.
1: Yeah, they focused on this case for the majority of this whole season. For season know. two, right? Yeah, for uh, season two. Season
0: one, you got Ed Kemper's in, right? He's in season two as well. Yeah. Is he? Mm-hmm. He makes another appearance. So a lot yeah. of the serial killers we've covered, or is it just those two thus far?
1: Uh, well, son of Sam's in this one in season two, and then uh, BTK is a running theme throughout both seasons. Something we'll cover in the future. And yeah. The end
2: of the the last show, the last scene this
1: season,
0: it's and nuts. So, so Mindhunter oh, with
1: BTK, <laughs> Mindhunter Dude, is such not a fucking piece of shit. I hate so that Mindhunter is It's not
0: like a documentary.
2: Right. No, it's based on the book written by some of the 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 guys that worked in the FBI um, uh, behavioral science, behavioral science. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That, That wrote books about their time and, you know, doing the early profiling and coming up with the term serial killer. And they they went to prisons and interviewed a lot of those, you know, serial
1: killers that we all know.
0: And this is kind—that's of, kind of what we covered on Richard Chase, right? The behavioral science unit, or was that not the same thing?
1: Well, that guy, like the that, profiling. Yeah, that police officer that was in charge of it came up with a profile, right? So that. that's not the same thing, though. Well, it, it is kind of like this, the same kind of science, but yeah. they just
0: went more with the FBI, like nationally, with it.
1: Yeah, and that guy's profile of Richard Chase is still considered. I think they said it was like the gold standard of disorganized. He was perfect. Yeah. And so Mindhunter
0: kind of follows the behavior, behavioral science unit of the FBI. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into the behavioral science unit on today's episode as well. Yeah. yeah they
2: played a big part in this case.
1: Yeah. John Douglas, which is the uh, the Holden Ford character. Mm-hmm. He, he's throughout this whole thing, man. He got himself into some shit. So the Atlanta child murders were a series of murders that were committed between July 1979 and May 1981 in Atlanta, Georgia. Over the two-year period, at least 28 children, teens, and young adults were killed. This case put the whole city of Atlanta at a boiling point, while the police and uh, and city officials desperately tried to catch who was whoever was behind these crimes. And they put curfews in place, among a lot of other drastic things we'll get into later, just to catch the person or persons that was behind this.
2: And before you ask, yes, I, I do remember when this was taking place. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> We said nothing. You're getting ready to say something. I wasn't even alive. <laughs> I don't even think my
0: parents were dating yet.
1: Really? Close. <laughs> Close. I don't know what my parents were up to.
0: I think they were, actually. They were not married, though, as you were.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there, uh, There were a ton of politics at play in this situation, it mainly focused around the racial aspect of the case. All the victims were African American and the African American community in Atlanta were dead set on the KKK being behind the murders. That, that this, would have been too one hundred percent. Yeah. Probably I mean, rightfully so. Based right. on the history of the
2: Klan in that area.
1: At this time Atlanta also had its first African American mayor and African American police commissioner. And for most of the investigation they were against the idea of any suspect other than a white one being responsible. This was also the first high-profile case for the FBI's behavioral science unit to put the work that it had been doing to try and catch the killer or killers using a profile.
2: So a lot of politics were swirling around this case. Well, they also
1: were building the biggest airport in the country at the time Mm -hmm. in Atlanta. So there was a lot of... uh, Is it
0: still the biggest airport? I think so, isn't it? It's
1: pretty fucking big. I don't know. But I know there was a lot of like hey, we got a lot of people coming in through this airport, and if we go on TV and say that there's a serial killer or... They might pull out of the project. People might move out of the city. They might lose investments. Right. So because of the long list of victims and how the investigation went down, this episode's going to be a little different in format than what we normally do for serial murder episodes.
2: Meaning we can't tell jokes?
1: No, meaning like...
2: Jokes are forbidden. On this <laughs> this, honestly, there's not much to yeah, joke no. about in this story. It's it's pretty horrific.
1: But usually, we start off with like the childhood of whoever did it. Oh, and, yeah, you know, like exactly. all that kind of. shit. We get it.
0: He was abused by his parents. He pissed the bad. We got the story. He killed animals. <laughs> yeah. He lit barns on fire.
2: <laughs> there's <laughs> your generic triad. intro to
0: every serial killer episode. No, we remember the it's dis- discounted knowledge. We disproved right. the McDonald's science. triad.
1: Yeah,
0: our friend uh, Danny from Australia. Australia. I almost said Danny, California. but the Let's Hot be
2: honest. That's a colony of convicts from England. So do they really know what they're talking about in <laughs> Australia? <God> damn, Al. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> we got the Puritans from England over here, and they got all the, conflict, <laughs> uh, the convicts. I think they got a better <laughs> deal over there.
1: <laughs> so the first victim in this case was 14-year-old Edward Smith, he was last seen on July 21st, 1979 at a skating rink. He was found eight days later at Misty Lake Drive, and the cause of his death was a twenty-two caliber shotgun wound to the upper back. On that same day, police found the body of 13-year-old Alfred Evans. He was last seen on July 25th, 1979, walking to a movie theater. His cause of death was listed as undetermined, although there were also reports out there that uh, that his cause of death was strangulation.
2: Undetermined because of decomposition. I'm assuming so. With a so. lot of these kids, yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: Through March of 1980, four more children vanished. The first was 14-year-old Milton Harvey. He was last seen on September 4th, 1979. He was going to the bank for his mother riding a yellow bike. And then a week later, that bike was found with no sign of Milton. He was found two months later in a wooded area, and due to decomposition, his cause of death was listed as undetermined. The second kid in this, in this stretch was nine-year-old Yusuf Bell. He disappeared on October 21st, 1979, and was last seen going to the store to buy chewing tobacco for a neighbor. Which, that's another one of these cases. Like, I know we touched on that in um, Peter Curtin, sending the little girl to go buy cigarettes. Yeah, we just talked about yeah. like what, what's the point of that?
2: I, like I get sending your kid to the store, I guess, if, you know, the corner neighborhood store, but once all these murders start taking place, maybe the kind of behavior you curtail and you don't send kids out by themselves any longer? Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe not for chewing tobacco. Least, <laughs> I don't know. Right. You could do that when I was a kid though. Your parents would write you a note to get cigarettes for them, you could take the note to the store and they'd give you cigarettes for your parents. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy
0: how much it's changed. God, now you need like seven forms of ID? Oh, just yeah. to buy. Yeah. Cigarettes are a 12-pack of beer.
1: Yeah, there's a store that used to sell them to us all the time. Just this like hole-in-the-wall place. Yeah. You just walk in there any age really and just buy them. It's good stuff. I think cigarettes <laughs> were 80 cents a pack when I
2: started smoking. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Uh, like seven now? Seven bucks, yeah. six seven
2: bucks. I don't even
0: know. Fuck. How many you get in a pack? Twenty.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Holy cow. Eighty cents. It's an expensive That's habit. Awesome.
1: So a witness said that she uh, that she saw Yusuf getting into a blue car. His body was found on November eighth, nineteen seventy nine, by a janitor who was looking for somewhere to urinate in an abandoned school building. And his cause of death was strangulation. And he was like. Back in that school, like in a crawl space almost. Hidden. Yeah. In this, uh, in that abandoned oh, fucking building. Fucking
0: hard was his gender looking to hide himself to piss.
1: <laughs> he was looking. Yeah, to... No kidding.
0: Yeah. He was really searching for <laughs> yeah. a spot to piss,
2: man. Do we know
1: what kind of strangulation, like ligature marks or just bare hand strangulation? So there's some stuff out there, and we'll get into it with the trial of, um, of Wayne Williams later on. But there's some things that say that you could match a rope to the neck but then there's other but it, i don't i'm 99 percent sure that never made it into trial because it's inconclusive okay. i mean it's ligature but they couldn't prove like what exactly it, right. what it was okay. the third was a 12 year old girl named uh angel Lanier. she was the first female victim and vanished on march 4th 1980 she was last seen at a friend's house watching tv and she was found six days later in a wooded area. Her cause of death was strangulation, but she was also stabbed. And there is a different aspect to her murder as well. That she was found with a pair of white women's underwear stuffed in her mouth, like down her throat. And her hands were bound behind her back with electrical tape. So the underwear were white or the underwear came from a white woman? The underwear were white. <laughs> God damn it. he's answering me seriously (laughs)
2: sorry
1: (laughs) so that's kind of a variation yeah yeah that's a different one and that's what and we'll get to and at the end we'll also get into she
0: was the first female too which is Right. right so that's interesting that it was just different for her
2: yeah yeah so is it a variation or is it someone taking advantage of these murders to step in and do their own murdering. Yeah, I think there's... um,
0: It's a fair question. Which I think
2: is what is taking place in this case. Yeah. Just my opinion. Oh,
0: spoiler alert. Jeez. <laughs> Wait Foreshadowing? The What's the foreshadow, Dave? thinks there's multiple people. <laughs> See you next week. All right, we can cut that
1: out. <laughs> so about a year later, the body of 10-year-old Jeffrey Mathis was found in the same area that Angels was. The thing with Jeffrey Mathis is, is that he vanished on March 11th, 1980. So one day after the body of Angel Lanier was found, the killer was already back out and abducted another victim. And what's even crazier is that the killer left left Jeffrey Mathis's body in the same place as Angel. So this would show just like... He's a camp- fucking teasing. Yeah, if it's the same person. I mean, I this I, you would think that this would have had to have been the same person. Well, I guess... Because what are the chances of leaving the body in the same... Sp- i don't well, know but
0: wouldn't you you would have known where the body was found right you're a day later yeah so the body was found it's possible someone can go well i'm gonna go just kidnap this kid and i'm gonna ditch their body back in the same place i mean that's ballsy yeah you gotta well, think it's very that area is being watched but it'd be ballsy for the same person to do it too.
1: Yeah.
2: looks well, it's like, hey cops, you know, you have no idea who I am. Look at me, I'm coming back to the same place. Which and we there's see, nothing you can do about and it. And we yeah. see
0: that in almost every story we've covered, right? Exactly. These serial killers, they they fucking they get they, they have get a superiority complex. complex. Yeah, yeah. Or like, who was it we just talked about that they didn't want someone else getting credit for their, uh, Was it was Peter Curtin. Yeah. He didn't want someone else getting credit for his kill. Like, it right. pissed him off that somebody else might have gotten blamed for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, now yeah, this just shows a complete disregard for, for the police.
2: Oh, 100%.
1: When Jeffrey vanished, he was going to the store for his mother and an eyewitness saw him getting into the car with a light-skinned man and a dark-skinned man. Two people. Yeah, that's why there's a See, lot I, I did of different... the math
0: there when you said a light skinned man and a dark skinned man. I figured out there was two people in the car. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, I'm sick. Pretty guys. good. We're, I'm sick. My head is so cloudy
2: right now. So again, there's you're still sending your kids to the store by themselves. So. Yeah.
0: Quit sending your fucking kid to the store by himself.
2: <laughs> like I hear about that in my neighborhood. My kids aren't going to the store by themselves anymore. Yeah. I don't. No. But I guess this is spread out. It's not necessarily in the same neighborhood. I mean, this took place over like a six the six county region around Greater Atlanta. So yeah,
0: tell you what, when you get to that last cigarette, Dave, you're going to want those kids to go out to get you a new pack. <laughs> I'm not saying you specifically. But I'm saying in general, parents start looking at that last that last beer in the twelve pack, mm-hmm. that last uh, cigarette. Kids are already out running around. They're Might out. as well strap eighty cents <laughs> to them. Hey, go get me a new pack. I'll take I'll take my chances. <laughs>
1: so the next was 14 year old eric middlebrooks he vanished on may 18th 1980 he was last seen riding his bike and his body was found the next day in the back of a um in the back garage of a local bar the in this bar was next door to the georgia department of offender rehabilitation which would be i think this is 100 percent taunting from, oh, yeah. from the killer you could make like we were talking with the body being dumped in the same spot that could be somebody else doing it but that would this would be 100 percent there you go
2: right next door
1: yeah um eric had multiple stab wounds and his cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head
2: this guy's all over the map here with uh strangulation stabbing blunt you, force trauma if it's the same guy yeah exactly right yeah. is it the same guy We'll see. That I don't was, know. That was foreshadowing.
1: Twelve-year-old <laughs> Chris Richardson disappeared on June 9th, 1980, and was last seen walking to a public swimming pool. He was found the following January, and his cause of death was strangulation. This is a lot of
2: kids at this point, right? Yeah, it just,
1: I mean, it's just—it's really building. We're, up only the body we're only halfway through here. We're only halfway through here. Yeah. So then, then it gets to the next female victim, is seven year old Latanya Wilson. Uh, she disappeared on June twenty second, nineteen eighty, and she would be the last female victim. According to an eyewitness, she was abducted by two men. One who was seen crawling through an apartment her apartment window, and then the other one one crawled through her apartment window and then handed her outside to the other guy that was on the street. God damn! Yeah, um, old. Her body was found in October of 1980 in a fenced in area. It sounded like it was like a corner lot type area, you know like a rundown parking lot kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah um, like where they had the furnace damn. party in Philly? Yeah yeah, right. yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time she was found she was just she was just bones so the cause of death was undetermined. So it was four month elapsed time frame.
0: That's awfully quick to be just bones, right? Yeah, Well June right?
2: to October and you're just bones? It is very
1: warm down there, though. Yeah, it, summertime? Yeah. And you're just sitting out in the it's sun? It's fucking hot in Georgia in the I summer. I guess
0: so. I go, okay.
1: The two men is interesting, though, from a witness. Yeah. That's completely different. Yeah. Right. And actually taking someone out of their bed and out of their yeah. apartment
2: window. Especially when it seems to be easy pickings on the street. Yeah. Why go to this the sex
0: Right. The only thing that meets the same as the other ones is that she was she was a black girl and she was seven. She was a kid. Right. right? That's yeah, the only two things that match up with the rest. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even female, there was only one other girl at this point um, abducted. Right. So yeah. it's it doesn't fit. That one doesn't fit. That one doesn't fit.
1: One day later on June 23rd, 1980, 10-year-old Aaron Weish disappeared. Near a local grocery store. He was last seen getting into a blue Chevrolet. So now that's two eyewitnesses talking about a blue car. Yep. The next day, Aaron's body was found underneath a bridge, and the cause of death was exf-
2: <laughs> asphyxiation.
1: <laughs> Sorry. The next day, Aaron's body was found under a bridge, and the cause of death was exf- asphyxiation. <laughs> The cause of death was asphyxiation due to a broken neck.
0: Nailed it. <laughs> there you go. Took a couple times. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. A broken neck. Yeah.
1: You would think that Under, potentially... So he what, got he thrown was, off the bridge. That Yeah, I would lead you to think that that's possible. In July 1980, two more children, nine-year-old Anthony Carter and 10-year-old Earl Terrell were murdered. Anthony's cause of death was multiple stab wounds, and Earls with strangulation. What's the count up to at this point? I mean,
2: we're in the ten plus range at least. Uh, I think we're at like twelve right now. That is a pretty high body count. And with we're older kids. This... about halfway through this,
0: yeah, killing spree. And we're at what July of twenty nine or nineteen eighty.
1: Hmm. Between August and November of nineteen eighty, five more killings took place. It was thirteen year old Clifford Jones, ten year old Darren Glass. 12-year-old Charles Stevens, 9-year-old Aaron Jackson, and 16-year-old Patrick Rogers. All of them died from strangulation, except for Darren Glass is considered undetermined. Um, His body was never found, but is considered by law enforcement to be one of the victims related to the case.
0: Just because he met the profile for
2: a victim?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a kid in the age range african-american disappeared kid.
2: in the same time range. yeah that whole never being found thing is just it's
1: even worse
2: yeah that's because you don't have that closure yeah. of even know yeah. It. Yeah. it's
1: just terrible and it's got to be terrible for a parent too because then you're always thinking like he's gonna walk in the door yeah, yeah. they could still be Gosh. out there somewhere or something that'd be awful the first known victim in 1981 was 14 year old luby jeter he disappeared on January 3rd, 1981. He was last seen in a shopping center parking lot and his body was found February 5th in a wooded area. His cause of death was strangulation and interestingly, his body was found 70 feet away from previous victims that were dumped in the wooded yeah, area. That is insane. Yeah.
2: Wow. All he had to do was stake out some of those dumping grounds and, you
1: know, they'd find him coming back later. Right. 15-year-old Terry Pugh was last seen on January 22nd 1981. Uh, Terry was last seen at, you said it's a Crystals?
0: Yeah, if that's the Crystals you're talking about, um, that's essentially the uh, uh, Crystals is like the the White Castle of the South, you know, with the little slider burgers. Have you had them? Have you had Crystals? I don't think
2: so. I think I've seen good. I mean I've been through yeah I don't
0: Maybe a slight notch better than White Castle in the sense of like not as greasy okay not as quote, "trashy" but okay. they I mean it's fu- I will defend White Castle till the day I die <laughs> fucking awesome White Castle's uh, pretty tasty Yeah you just had it recently uh, I, and you it loved it It took me a long time I had never had it's White Castle good.
2: and goddamn they're pretty good and you've not had it
0: yeah, I've had it. Oh, you've had,
2: I'm had it? I'm just not a big fan of it. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think we've
0: discussed this. Yeah. It's been a long time since Weekly fast food talk. I've <laughs> <laughs> been doing this for fucking a month now. Okay. Well, that's fine. You don't have to like them. Not everyone's perfect. Their frozen <laughs> burgers are also, I will take those in a pinch as well. They're yeah, not great. Have you had those?
1: I, no, I haven't. The I frozen
0: mean, packs you can get from with the, the Target or whatever? I've bought the them,
1: store. but yeah. Have you had those? I have not. So they're yeah, not. I them for if you Michael, don't
0: like
2: them, why are you buying them for Michael? Not oh. For me,
0: <laughs> they're they're not half. I'm not as eating that good, shit. They're not half as good as the actual burgers. Oh, well, of course not. The actual ones are steamed, or you know, however yeah. shit they make them. These ones, you fucking, they're frozen. You put them in a microwave in a plastic bag, <laughs> and then you open them up, and it's fucking melting lava cheese. You gotta throw on a plate, and then by the time it cools enough for you to bite it, the, the bun is hard as shit. But if you need that White Castle fix. <laughs> It does okay because they don't have white castles by us anymore. They all closed. Oh, they all. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we should have stated that they all fucking closed down. The nearest one's Columbus, yeah. and that's two hours away. So, anyways, Crystals is the <laughs> White Castle of the South,
1: and that's also where, very good. And that's where Terry Pugh was last seen. That was near an Omni, which was a hangout for teenagers.
2: So, are we talking about the Omni, the 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 indoor Coliseum in Atlanta? I believe For so. Where all of the great Georgia Championship wrestling matches <laughs> used to take place that <laughs> I used to watch. To Including young man. but
0: not limited to the first few Starcades. Starcades mm. The Great American Bash. This was like the uh the nature boy Ric Flair Hub was the Omni
2: that had oh, yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. That, that was, was my deal. favorite Georgia Championship Wrestling. So do
0: you, so do you think the teenagers used to like get crystals and then just go hang out in the parking lot, like, and that was
1: just where like they hung out. That's what it sounded like. I don't like, know. Hung out but was the there.
2: was the mall called the Omni too? Like, if you remember watching Mindhunter, he was staying at the Omni Hotel in Atlanta, which was attached yeah. to a big mall. Complex, and there's an arcade so there and stuff that. They... I'm wondering if it wasn't that. Like, I'm not that familiar with Atlanta, but yeah, the Omni seems to be used quite a bit down there
1: because there was an arcade attached yeah. as so. well.
0: We have a couple Atlanta listeners. Perhaps
2: they will correct us.
1: But the yeah, the, the
2: wrestling Omni was torn down about twenty years ago, but
0: which would have still fit the timeline. Though it would have been yeah, perfect yeah. at this time. But this, yeah, that would have been a. I mean, the Omni would have been a big thing back then. At yeah, this point, yeah.
1: but so it was determined that Terry Peter's cause of death was strangulation. Who was the guy that was
0: found in the crystals outside the Omni? Now that we took the the, <laughs> the roundabout all the way around,
1: right? The next was eleven-year-old Patrick Balthazar. Uh, He disappeared February 6th, 1981, and was last seen near the Omni as well. His body was found behind an office park, with the cause of death being strangulation. In February 1981, an Atlanta newspaper ran an article that matching fibers were found on two of the bodies. And this was a big turning point because going forward, investigators knew that the killer was paying attention to the media because he started to adapt. Bodies started to be dumped into rivers, either nude or just wearing underwear to reduce the risk of there being any any fibers or hmm. evidence like that to be found. Where'd the newspaper get
2: that story? There was a lot it? of
1: leaks going on yeah. through this time. Yeah, there was a lot of leaking going on. Because, I mean, we're just kind of going through this. You know, because that's kind of how the, you got to do it with the victims. Just like boom, boom, boom. But the, well, we don't have a story to tell from yeah. a
0: suspect. Right.
1: But sure. the whole town by this point, or the whole city by this point, is like fl- freaking out, you know. Kids are just popping up, mis- met, d- missing and dead. Yeah. I can't imagine even kids being out by themselves or,
0: you know.
2: Yep,
1: but yeah. Set them off
0: of those goddamn cigarettes. Hmm.
2: This guy must have been a smooth talker to, you know, after this body count that everyone's aware of to still be able to get people, you know, to get in the car with him or to go with him or
1: right. whatever his M.O. was here. Now
0: that's some foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about.
1: The rest of February through May twenty second, 1981, investigators would find the following vic- victims and attribute them to the case. 13-year-old Curtis Walker, 15-year-old Joseph Bell, 13-year-old Timothy Hill, 21-year-old Eddie Duncan, 20-year-old Larry Rogers, 23-year-old Michael McIntosh, 21-year-old Jimmy Ray Payne, 28-year-old John Porter, and 17-year-old William Barrett. Ooh, Christ on a cross. That's a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're a lot older, though, These this,
2: this last uh, group of victims. Yeah.
0: Yeah, even up to 28 years old.
1: Hmm. The last and the last known victim would be 27 year old Nathaniel cater. Um, all of these victims died from strangulation except for John Porter. he had died from multiple stab wounds. That is a lot of fucking dead people man. yeah in just over a two- year period. Whew. We talked about John Douglas a little bit in the beginning. Um, throughout the majority of this case, John Douglas, which would be the Holden Ford character, and Robert Ressler, the Bill Tench character in, um, in Hunter, These guys were the founders of the FBI's behavioral science unit. They got involved in the case. And initially, John Douglas was met with resistance from local officials when he said that they should be looking for an African-American male in his mid-20s and not someone involved in the KKK.
2: Which makes sense to me, yeah. Because and I, I can
1: see the resistance, but right. But you're looking for someone that would be able to get these kids to drop their guard and get in the car with them,
2: and to be to move around, not you know, unseen in, in a predominantly black neighborhood,
1: right? I like the, I like the scene in Mindhunter where they try to go. They're in Baltimore and they try to go and see how that would work with them being white and going in and, and yeah, trying and to going get c- try to pick up kids off the playground. They're like, yeah. get the fuck out of here! <laughs> the just mom like yells out the, the window. <laughs> yeah, because that,
0: that's exactly what would happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just the truth of yeah. what it would be.
0: I guess it makes sense in retrospect, but right. if you're back at this time and you're having like black kid after black kid after black kid killed and all this racial tension. My first thoughts gonna be: This is a white supremacist. I just completely agree with yeah. open range on 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 the black community, right? You know what I mean? Of so, course. So I understand also, like you know, just to play the other side. Yeah, of Yeah, it. it's a complicated when He got story. his heat for that for saying that. Yeah, it makes sense, I guess, from a. The, the behavior science standpoint of it, like, how are you so easily going to get these people? Right. But when you're in the heat of the moment, you're you're probably thinking, all right, this is the KKK. They're coming out. They're just killing our kids, you know, and that you're all already in a racially intense environment. Right. So you're looking for every reason to to throw jabs at the other side. Yeah. When all of your kids are coming up killed, like, that's, that's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, I mean... And I I mean, the KKK was doing all kind of shitty stuff. I mean. Oh, yeah. So oh, absolutely. it's not of far to think of that, you know. Yeah.
0: So then if you're if you're a part of the black community here and then you see the FBI coming out saying, well, we think it's probably a black man. You're going to you're going to start fucking flipping tables thinking, oh, how sure. dare you? Yeah. Like, we're coming up killed here and you're going to go ahead and side with with white mm-hmm. people around the country who we're already having issues with. You right. Know what I mean.
1: So once the FBI was officially brought into the investigation, the BSU and several detectives were brought in to work on a profile of the killer. They brought in detectives from all, the, all over the country that worked on high profile serial cases such as Dean Coral and Elmer Henley, John Wayne Gacy, Son of Sam, the, Hill, the Hillside Strangler, uh, the Zebra Killings, and Ted Bundy. So those are some pretty heavy-duty detectives yeah. mixed in with, with some
2: a lot of experience.
1: Yeah, with the guys from the behavioral science mm. unit. Son of Sam
0: episode available this Thursday exclusively <laughs> on Patreon. Exclusively. <laughs> exclusively.
1: Um, they believe that 23 of the 27 murders they reviewed were committed by the same person. And this was based off of fibers and animal hairs they had that were linking nine of the victims t- together. So, this is the profile that they came up with.
0: That the FBI came up with.
1: In these police detectives that were, they all worked together on this. Mindhunter kind of so skipped that over. Oh, okay hunter kind of made it seem like John Douglas and Robert Ressler did all this, but... Yeah. They well, they it. wrote the book. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everyone's a, the hero of the road. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: But, so
0: the police helped them.
1: Yeah, these these guys that had been working those, those high-profile cases. Their profile was that these murders were committed by an African-American male who was in his 20s, whose method of operation reflected a personality with the need of hands-on activity with the victims before and after death the killer would have would have had the ability to travel freely and be a member of the community there would be no suspicion when he was seen the victims would have been comfortable with the killer and had no idea that they were in danger there were never any signs of struggle which, which would suggest that the killer was attacking them by surprise they also suggested the killer might offer drugs or alcohol to the victims to make it easier to catch them off guard to attack The killer would have had to spend a decent amount of time with each victim from the point of the first interaction until the time he killed them. They believed the killer would have had something that the victims would have wanted, and that way he was able to lure them in. They thought the most probable method was offering the victims an opportunity to do a quick job for money. The killer would have seemed like a role model type of figure to these victims, and the victims would have represented something that the killer saw in himself. The killer would have always presented himself to have a good job or be more well-off than he really was to people in the community. The killer probably frequented male prostitutes, but he was not open about his sexual orientation. There would be a high probability that the killer would be known to people in the community to openly hate homosexuals or put off an over-the-top image of being heterosexual. Can I interject
0: right there for just... Why do they assume the the homosexuality? Like, what do we know? Why they thought that was it? Because the majority of the victims were males. Yeah, all even male though there kids. was no sign of any sexual abuse or anything.
1: Yeah. So and this happens with other guys too, and like John Wayne Gacy is one. Some of these guys, when they when they are gay and they really resent the fact that they are, they take it out on on other people.
0: Even though, so there's no sign of sexual abuse, but because it's a lot of men. They're taking it out on other men because right. they feel these
2: sexual urges. men who they maybe perceive to be gay,
1: right? Well, and then I and I know at this time too, unfortunately, there was a lot of kids in this area that were doing male prostitution mm-hmm. to make money, and these kids were underage, but they at were six doing and that. seven years old. Yeah, you are talking about not poverty. No, you I know, understand you know, impoverished that. Sure. communities. So, and that's what when they're saying that the victims would have been something that he saw in himself he i think what they're what they're thinking is that he probably frequented male prostitutes because the person the killer would would be gay and then see these kids out there doing it and have like this kind of inner struggle with Mm -hmm. hating himself for what he's doing and then you know i mean gary ridgeway was one with the back and forth thing with hating and using and
2: Yeah, he loved prostitutes. He used them all the time. Yeah, but then he killed (laughs) them, too. And killed every one of them, almost. Yeah, and I
1: mean, he refused to even talk about it in court. He didn't even admit that he had sex with them until later on. So, So as the killer got away with more murders, he would thrive off making the police feel like he really felt about himself, which would be inept. The killer did not want to ever get caught, and because of the time he spent with victims after death, People who worked in jobs that dealt with dead bodies, or those who applied for jobs in funeral homes or similar jobs, should be looked at. And I know that they said that that was people um, that might have only worked for at one of these places for a week and then got fired or quit. They were saying anybody in the air in the city that had worked with a dead body for any period of time should be looked That's at. A long
2: list of people. There. Yeah.
1: So, and even with the profile, the investigators were no nowhere closer to catching someone. And now that the killer was dumping bodies in the water, they put forth just kind of like a Hail Mary last chance idea that would be extremely expensive to carry out. And if it failed, they would just have to wait for more bodies to turn up until the killer made a mistake. We'll be right back. There were two rivers in Atlanta that investigators were concerned with, the South River and the Chattahoochee River. They figured the best way to catch at catching the killer would be to monitor the bridges above these rivers and hope they were there when he threw a body over because I, and I was went back and was watching some of the news broadcast from this and that's what I mean they were even publicly saying on the news it's getting to the point where we're not going to catch him unless he keeps killing. Yeah. at this And point. he could have
2: stopped at that point.
1: And I know there was one thing, one quote where they said um, they were like, even if somebody walked in and confessed at this point, we don't have enough evidence to even arrest somebody. Yeah. Even if a person walked in and said that they were responsible. Yeah. There were 11 bridges that they wanted to monitor and each one was going to take five people, one person at each end of the bridge. And one in the middle of the bridge or below it to watch the water. They also needed two people below the bridge to send out nets to try and recover a body if it was thrown over or whatever was thrown over the body to have or thrown over the river to have proof.
2: Like that's a huge operation Very across big. multiple
1: jurisdictions,
2: and that's a big operation there.
1: And I think you know. I don't. I don't know if we're doing it justice but with how the outline is, but just like the state of panic that everybody's in in yeah, the city yeah. is just like. I mean, they had the um, the police had their task force with tons of officers and in the FBI, and then the community also had their own task force going on because they didn't trust the police and they thought the police were just sweeping right. a lot of it under the rug. So I mean, this whole place was. So on a, edge, a powder keg. Yeah,
2: I think they portrayed that pretty good in Mine Hunter, too.
1: Yeah, the back
2: and forth with the yeah. yeah, and that plays out all throughout the season,
0: you guys said, or is that just a couple episodes? Uh, there's like
1: hints the
2: at it. second half of the yeah. season mostly?
1: It gets hinted at for the first couple, but then I think like the second half in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this plan to do this would take 165 people from law enforcement to be able to monitor these bridges 24 hours a day. And they were working in eight-hour shifts to relieve each other. So, I mean. How boring. You got God a guy damn. sitting there for eight hours watching, just waiting for something. You don't even know if it's going to work. And you don't either. even have a phone to play solitaire <laughs> or, or Angry Birds. No, you just have or actual cards to play solitaire, I guess. That's, <laughs> that's it. He's that's it. Got you and. Fucking
0: play tic-tac-toe. Man. Yeah. Connect four. You bring a board game. <laughs> Eat a hoagie sandwich and that's your
2: day.
1: I think they portrayed that on Mine Hunter pretty well, too. Like the. Oh, God. Yeah. Being bored and frustrated and just sitting there all night mm. and, and watching.
2: Bill Tench smoking, uh, smoking, holding out of the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so after four weeks of constant surveillance, they finally caught a break around 2 a.m. on May 22nd, 1981. An officer below one of the bridges heard a splash, and the officers at the top see a white. 1970 Chevrolet station wagon that drove onto the bridge then turned around and drove back off officers pulled the car over about a half mile away from the bridge and the driver that they pulled over turns out to be 23 year old Wayne Williams which he fits the profile an African-American male in his 20s They asked him where he was going and what he was doing, and he claimed that he was going to meet a potential client because he was a music promoter slash talent scout.
2: It's my old job. Talent scout?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He said he was going to meet a woman named Cheryl Johnson who was auditioning to be a singer. Uh, Wayne said she lived in a nearby town but didn't know the exact address. So this is starting to look pretty... It's already looking Weird.
0: It's not looking good, Wayne. Two AM. Turned around on a bridge. We heard a splash. Right. Middle of the night.
1: Two A. M. You don't know the address this woman lives at, but you're going to audition her I'll to send find and did her. Did we
0: not say he had a, he was driving a Chevy as well? Yeah. Wasn't there a blue Chevrolet that was seen with a couple of the victims getting at in?
1: At this time he was driving a white one, but there is there's evidence that he had around the time He was driving a blue Chevy that resembled a police car. Wayne also gave a phone number for Cheryl, and the police tried it, and it didn't check out. He said that the number four in the uh, in the phone number that was written down could have possibly been a nine, but either way, both phone, trying it both ways, police weren't able to verify that this Cheryl person even existed at all. Come on, Wayne. It's like that girl you're dating that lives in Canada. Yeah, right. Oh, you don't know her. She lives in Canada.
2: Her name's Cheryl.
0: What do we used to say? Oh, I have a girlfriend. She goes to a different school if you don't yeah. know her. <laughs> Bullshit, motherfucker.
1: Officers noted that Wayne had black gloves and a 24-inch nylon rope sitting on his passenger seat, but neither were taken as evidence. And that's that's a huge fuck-up. Yeah, a little because bit. Because they... Yeah. He agreed to let them search the car so they could have taken whatever they wanted and they did not take that. That Whoever that police officer was really fucked up.
0: (laughs) Dave, would you let police search your car?
1: Never. Kids,
2: don't ever. If the police pull you over, they have no right to search your car. Decline their offer to search your car. I mean, like that rainbow.
0: The more you know. Brought to you by Dave. Continue,
1: Ian. But with no body found that night, Wayne was released by the police they didn't have any reason to to keep him there they kept him for a while and questioned him and really hammered him on what he was doing but
2: yeah he didn't crack
1: though no there was nothing to do. and I think
2: they were a little skittish about their you know I don't know that we covered it but they arrested a couple other people that were not really didn't have anything to do with the story or with the with the killing so they're a little skittish about right
1: doing that again and looking bad yeah Two days later, the nude body of 27-year-old Nathaniel Carter was pulled out of the river. Um, The medical examiner ruled that the cause of death was probably asphyxia, but never specifically said strangulation. Following the profile of the suspect, Wayne gave off the impression that he was smarter than the police and agreed to questioning without a lawyer, (coughs) and the FBI administered a polygraph test. And Wayne failed this polygraph test three times.
2: Uh, again children don't ever talk to police without
1: your lawyer and don't ever take a polygraph test
0: but they're not they're inexcusable in court
1: well the arrogance on wayne williams is intense to oh just yeah to talk with like without these a cops lawyer. are dumb motherfuckers they're mm-hmm. never gonna
0: get me yep. i said inexcusable they're inadmissible
2: <laughs> <laughs> you were rolling i let you go i'm sick i'm a
1: sick <laughs> sick man <laughs> what was it her well, that actually is that I like that, that. was one. trending. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> our new one. Horrainous. Horrendous and heinous. When it's that bad, it's Horrendous. Also, trapaculate. It's when you drill a hole in someone's fucking skull and you jerk <laughs> off into it. Trapaculate.
1: Who did that? Um. See, this is good trivia
0: on Patreon where yeah. you can go up against me because I have no fucking recollection of who that was. No,
1: Rock. Brock Terrio. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so we took that, though, from the trepacula no, the trepaculation. Yeah. No, the trepa- trepanation. Trepanation. <laughs> Episode.
2: See, when we have this trivia Colin, you, you can easily beat Mike and win a prize. <laughs> it won't be difficult. It will be
0: trivia strictly based off of things we've discussed on this show.
2: <laughs> and you as a good fan will beat that, Mike every time. Yeah, given mm. that
0: I'm shit-faced when we record and I don't listen to our episodes, I'm not
2: going to remember jack shit. <laughs> it's, it seems like there was enough... I don't know circumstantial evidence in the car to hold him at least for a couple days with the splash and the rope and the gloves and I just feel like I don't know and he fit the description of what they they thought yeah I think that's what you can't hold him on yeah you couldn't that that part of it but
0: but the fact that the FBI said here's who we're looking for
2: yeah but that's you can't really do that.
0: Based with, that's not, just just a, based that's on not that. evidence,
1: though. That's but, just a profile. That's okay, it's a profile, but he's got a
0: move. rope in his car. He was on the bridge. He turned around. There was a splash. That's what I
2: mean. There's I a, mean, when you
0: put that all together, I think that's enough. If just the fact that he was a young black guy driving over the bridge, I don't think that makes it you
2: can hold him for that.
1: It just seems like they should have held him, you know? I think it's what you said. I think there was things about other people that they had brought in. to question that turned into a media circus you know they brought in that one uh the one white guy i can't remember his name but they questioned him and he turned out to just be going out there jerking off looking at magazines yeah so i maybe they didn't and maybe the fact that he was a a young black guy and they didn't want to pull him in without being for sure and have people flip out yeah for sure so hair and fiber evidence on nathaniel cater and jimmy ray Payne were consistent with samples from wayne's home car and dog people who knew wayne said that at points during the murders he had scratches on his arms and police assumed that would have been uh, caused by a struggle with the victims a neighbor also said that on the night wayne was pulled over on the bridge um, he was burning stuff in his backyard of his parents' house at around 5 a.m. that night. So if that's true, you would assume that that was the rope and the gloves. Yeah, it's going up in flames. <laughs> yeah, you know, the shit that the cops uh, Another forgot. thing, though, when, when we say consistent, that's not a
2: match. That that means, you know, if you kill someone and you have the same carpet as I do in my house, that it would be consistent.
1: Yeah, I think with, um, I know with his that it was green carpet, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was a really uh, rare okay. manufacturer. Right. That but it's it would... still not a match, though. Right. It's consistent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, in all fairness, we're talking about a time before you and I were born. Green carpet <laughs> might have been the thing back then. We don't know. We don't know. What green
2: refrigerators. That. Bill Tunch had a green refrigerator <laughs> yeah, in it. So <laughs> See? I mean, that's Pink sinks and green refrigerators. People fucking love that shit, man.
0: Greatest generation my ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So showing further arrogance, Wayne held a press conference outside of his parents' house um, with the media. And he was announcing his innocence and openly said that he failed three polygraph tests. I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, but (laughs) PSA, if you're accused of murder,
2: uh, do not hold a press conference in front of your house without your attorney.
0: Also, don't take a
2: polygraph test.
0: And And if you should (laughs) fail it three times, do not say that you
2: failed the polygraph test three times. I feel like that's good advice.
0: The
1: more you know. And like <laughs> press cameras
0: so wait, did he call one? Like, you're not like, putting out a tweet,
1: they were following him around everywhere. Like, the media just wanted to talk to him, yeah, so just, he, yeah, came out and and talked to them all. Wow, and yeah.
0: said everything you shouldn't say,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, he just thought he was smarter than everybody else, he thought That's
2: they what had these, nothing
1: on yeah. Like, you were saying, Mike. That polygraph tests are inadmissible in court. Well, I said inexcusable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But they're they're inadmissible. Yeah. In We've talked about that on the um,
1: oh, the abduction. Oh, every alien abduction has or
0: uh, no, a fire was a fire in the
1: sky. Travis Walton. Travis yeah. Walton.
0: When they all passed theirs over and over, and but they were not going to be used for anything. Yeah. We touched on how they couldn't use those in court, but also they they. Frickin well, all except the one guy passed. Oh, uh, The wild card fuck. didn't
2: pass.
1: Dallas. Uh, the Craig
2: Sheffer guy in the movie. Yeah,
1: Dallas. I can't remember his last mm. name. See? Someone but he get, was, someone's going to get you on trivia on Patreon. What was the quote from the story from uh, the one book? A sh- quote, shifty drifter, I believe. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> that didn't like to be asked questions. <laughs>
0: so. Whenever I hear Drifter, I just think of Elias from WWE, (laughs) who I know you hate, but I love
1: him. Shifty Drifter. Polygraph tests are normally inadmissible in court, but because Wayne decided that he was going to go on camera and publicly say that he failed three, that he failed it three times, the results would now be free game in court. Smart. Yeah. Not 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 smart
2: by (laughs) Wayne. (laughs)
1: No. No. Not great. Not really. So, with enough evidence um, and, witness sta- and witness statements, the police arrested Wayne for the murders of Nathaniel Cater and Jimmy Ray Payne on June 21st, 1981. John so, Doug- why only those two? Those were the two that they could specifically tie him to with the We so talked they about.
2: thought he was responsible for all of them but this, these are the only two they could they right. thought they could prove in court yeah
1: that they could actually get a conviction yeah. for um john douglas the fbi profiler was already under a lot of heat and his role in the profiling and most of it was unfair i mean he was just giving his honest opinion of things um But when Wayne Williams was officially arrested, Douglas told the media that Wayne was looking or that Wayne was, quote, looking pretty good for a good percentage of the killings. (laughs) And the media just ran with this as all the FBI has declared that that Wayne Williams is guilty. And this resulted in John Douglas officially being censored by the uh, the director of the FBI. He was no longer allowed to speak about this at Mm. all. He was done. Which... You know, he seemed he had some really has some really good ideas and had like really pioneered this stuff, yeah. but kind of would get himself into trouble.
2: And they, they they
1: wanted them to stay out of the local politics. So yeah, he and just, he wasn't was running his mom. Yeah, yeah. Jury selection began on December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one, and lasted for six days. The jury consisted of nine women and three men, among them eight African Americans and four white the trial officially began january 6 1982 with judge clarence cooper presiding the most important evidence against wayne was the fiber analysis between the victims jimmy ray payne and nathaniel cater and 12 of the other murders in which circumstantial evidence showed numerous links among the crimes This included witnesses testifying to seeing Wayne with the victims and some witnesses suggesting that he had solicited sexual favors from some of them. So, going back to the male prostitute thing with the the kids.
2: And it's pretty solid evidence.
1: Yeah. The prosecution's presentation of the case has been criticized to the extent that in some jurisdictions it would have resulted in a mistrial in particular, two separate FBI special agents testified the chances of the victim's not having come into contact with Williams was quote virtually impossible based only on the comparative rarity of the fibers found on the victim's that seemed to match the suspect's car and home. So, you can't it just means say someone it's, else
2: could have had the same carpet.
1: Right. Yeah, like you were saying, you can't say it's virtually impossible.
2: I mean, carpet may be rare, but there's still someone else that has it.
1: Right. Georgia Supreme Court Justice George T. Smith, after reviewing the case, deemed the evidence, or lack thereof, inadmissible.
0: Inexcusable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> On February 27, 1982, after 11 hours of deliberation, the jury found Wayne Williams guilty of the two murders. He was sentenced to two concert... Two consecutive life terms in Georgia's Hancock State Prison. In an extremely controversial move, police closed all the other murder cases and just attributed them to Wayne. Mm. So they only got him Damn. for two, and they just said that. That's it's all it. him. Close all those out. Yeah. Which all those mothers were not real pleased with, with that. No, I mean, you want justice for your for your kid, and I think... Um,
0: yeah, sure. You want his name, like, officially attached, mm-hmm. like, this is going to jail
1: right. for killing
0: mm-hmm. such and such kid.
1: And we're going to get into it here that there's a good chance, I mean, not even a good, I think it's pretty, a good concrete chance that he's not responsible for all of these. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1986, Spin magazine ran an article based on a tip that they uh, that they had received in 1985. The tip came from a neighborhood watch group called the Guardian Angels, because like we were saying, they had these um, the community had their own thing set up, you know, going around and policing the neighborhoods and whatnot. This group felt that some of these murders were still related to the KKK. So Spin Center reporter named Barry Cooper who did the first big report on uh, the crack cocaine epidemic to go to Atlanta and investigate.
2: And the crack thing was the what?
1: The CIA bringing in cocaine to yeah. the inner
2: cities? That's what that story was, right? Yeah.
1: The tip was that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation uh, was in a side investigation with the K- with the KKK being involved in at least one of the murders that was attributed to Wayne Williams. A lot of the side investigation into the KKK had to do with informants relaying info to police from a guy named Charles Sanders. Charles Sanders was a member of the KKK, and the informant was a guy named B.J. Jones. B.J. was out with Charles Sanders when in a parking lot, one of the boys that was found murdered, Louie Jeter, hit Sanders' car with a go-kart. The go-kart scratched up his truck, and Sanders said, quote, I'm going to get that black bastard and choke him to death. At the time, B.J. Jones thought Sanders was just running his mouth because he did that a lot. I mean, you could assume. The Klan guy runs his mom. <laughs> right, and talks yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah. But once Luby Jeter went missing, B.J. Jones submitted this to the police. Like, hey, this kid's dead and found strangled, and this asshole just said he was going to choke him to death. Yeah. For- Plus, there was
2: a $100,000 reward, too.
0: What about the uh, thought that we got BJ Jones as an informant not long after we had Deep Throat as an informant for Nixon? I'm finding a lot of sexual innuendos with these informants here. <laughs> Just saying. We had Deep Throat and BJ. They- obviously not his real name, right? BJ Jones? Come on. Brian James? No. No. So. No. BJ? <laughs> no. Nope. I think BJ. It's J. a code word. I think we're going with BJ. Deep throat. I don't want these informants, man. Okay. A lot of cocky names.
1: <laughs> so, so in the Sanders family, there were at least five members involved in the KKK.
2: Oh, they must have been so proud.
1: Mm-hmm. These people had multiple charges and convictions over the years. Everything from child molestation, murder, assault, battery, and drunk driving. I mean, there were... Uh, Real group of real good uh, group of people Sound like there.
0: Swell <laughs> individuals. Yeah. Terrific. Love to hang out with them.
1: So interestingly, an eyewitness said she saw Luby get into a car with a tall white man who had a scar on his face. Charles Sanders father, Carlton, was tall and had a big scar going down the side of his neck. The police wiretapped Charles's phone and have him on record talking about buying guns and grenades and he was also encouraging other clan members to start stockpiling weapons. The idea behind Sanders being responsible for some of these murders would be an attempt to start a race war. And there also is evidence of Sanders putting a date on this race war for some time in '81. Race war? <laughs> is that what Manson wanted to do? Start a race war, too? He like prophesized a race yeah. war was Culture coming. Skelter. Yeah. Charles Sanders and his family passed multiple polygraph tests regarding the murder of Luby Jeter, but it's theorized by the FBI and police that they, they all knew how to beat the test.
0: I wonder why they thought that.
1: They were just straight been, up fucking criminals. they yeah, in trouble so much, <laughs> yeah. they just knew what to say
0: and yeah. how to relax. What
1: do
2: you do? You put the thumbtack in your shoe? Something like that. You stick it in your, and you, and like it it you
0: into your foot. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't know if that mm-hmm. Does that work? I don't know.
1: We've got to get a polygraph test. I have in never here. been arrested.
0: I've been arrested. I've never been given. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I was not given I was I was
2: not fortunate enough to be given a polygraph test. That'd have been a hell of a time. Yeah, that's a
1: huge no no. Don't ever do that. No nope. polygraph test, do not call your attorney. But the investigation into the sand into Charles Sanders being responsible stopped once Wayne was convicted. Because all the murders were attributed to him, which is unfortunate because I think there is um, substantial evidence to point towards Charles Sanders mm-hmm. or someone around him being, someone respons- being responsible for that one.
0: Sounds like a lovely fam- family. Yeah. You
1: know. um, in May 2004, about six months after becoming DeKalb County Police Chief, Lewis Graham reopened the investigations into the deaths of five of the DeKalb County victims This was Aaron Weish, Curtis Walker, Yusuf Bell, William Barrett, and Patrick Balazar. Lewis Graham was one of the original investigators in this case, and he is on record saying that he believes Wayne Williams didn't commit any of the murders. Hmm. That's a bold statement. Yeah.
0: Any reason that he ever gave why?
1: Not that I saw. Just he didn't think Wayne Williams did any of them. Damn. I think that I think it goes back to that there's a lot of uh a lot of feelings involved with this, yeah, you know, all the way around. Uh, On June 21st, 2006, the DeKalb County police dropped its reinvestigation into the Atlanta child murders after resigning. Lewis Graham was replaced by acting chief Nick Marinelli, who said, quote. We dredged up what we had, and nothing is panned out, so until something does or additional evidence comes our way, or there's forensic feedback from existing evidence, we will continue to pursue other cold cases that are within our reach. On January 29, 2007, attorneys for the state of Georgia agreed to allow DNA testing of the dog hair that was used to help convict Wayne, this decision was a response to, to a legal filing as part of Wayne's efforts to appeal his conviction and life sentences. Wayne's lawyer, Jack Martin, asked a Fulton County Superior Court judge to allow the DNA tests on canine and human hair and blood, stating the results might help Wayne get a, win a new trial. On June 26, 2007, DNA test results were published, but they had failed to exonerate Wayne the results were that the hair on the bodies contained the same mitochondrial DNA sequence as Wayne's dog and that the DNA sequence occurs in only about one out of 100 dogs. So that's a little damning.
2: It's convincing,
1: but it's not proof positive. It's not like... It's not the smoking gun, but it's not going to get him a new trial. No, it is not. That's not going to
0: get you a new trial. No. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're already locked up, bud. You (laughs) need some some proving... Guy
2: next door to me had the same dog. Yeah,
1: right. (laughs) One out of a hundred, bud. Later in 2007, the FBI performed DNA tests on two human hairs found on one of the victims. The mitochondrial DNA sequence in the hairs would eliminate 99.5% of persons by not matching their DNA. The mitochondrial DNA sequence in the hairs would eliminate 98% of African-American persons by not matching their DNA. So, the results of this test match Wayne's DNA, and he fell in this 2%, you know, because it said it would eliminate 98% of African-Americans. He right. fell into this 2%, so... So, it did not eliminate He still yeah. has it did nothing
0: not el- to <laughs> prove that he didn't do
2: this. Right. So, again, not proof positive, but... Even more convincing than
1: the dog. Yeah, still not going to get you a trial. <laughs> no, and when you
2: add those two together, yeah, it, you're the talking goes even higher.
1: Yeah, I mean now you're talking about one in one hundred dogs, but now you're even talking about two percent of African Americans in the con- in the world would he's in there with crazier
2: things have happened though. I don't know. Like you see guys in 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 prison and you know. They find like, their doppelganger who looks exactly like them. <laughs> and that was what the eyewitness <laughs> account saw. I mean, you know.
0: But we're talking about going for an appeal here. We're not talking about charging him with the crime. No, you're right. You're so, right. I mean, this guy, he's already been convicted. You don't have to prove. But he's prove been
1: convicted on the same evidence that we're talking
0: about. You don't have to prove at this point no, that he did no, it. You have right. to prove that he didn't do it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, fun fact about doppelgangers. There was one time that I was uh, going to try c and I got stopped, I was walking, I was talking on my phone, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was walking to my car and I got stopped by two cops and they were like, what have you been doing? I'm like, well, let me call you back. And I'm like, they were asking me like what i what I was up to. And I'm like, I'm just walking from class to my car, getting ready to go home. And they told me that I fit the description of someone that was like sexually harassing girls, like saying fucked up shit to them. Mm. And they were like, for real, like on me for a second. I'm like, I have been on my phone. Like you can look at my phone log, like, mm. I'm not saying anything fucked up to people. Damn. Yeah. For a second there, I'm like, am I about to get arrested for claiming yeah. this or like saying shitty stuff and to And they were saying girls? it was
0: happening like that night?
2: No, like that like, day. Like, like that day? Yeah. Okay.
1: And they saw me walking through the parking lot and they're like, there's our guy.
2: You like run your finger under your nose and go, what'd that bitch say about me? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was scary for a second there. I am like, I dude, I am like, I didn't say anything to anybody. I am like, how many other people are out here with hand tattoos and (laughs) thinking that time I had a big beard and stuff. I am like, how many people in this fucking place look like me? Hmm. All tatted up and interesting. There is
0: like four of you in the city, let alone (laughs) on that
1: campus on that night. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, I am like, yeah, it was really weird. It's kind of scary. They were all hitting the buttons on their thing, talking. I am like. Uh,
2: we located them over here. Sometimes I going they do that
0: just for play. Yeah. Like they're just trying to intimidate you. Yeah. yeah. Uh
2: ten four. Like, are you a real cop? <laughs> this is community college. <laughs> it's just campus security.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you your first sign they roll
2: up in a golf cart. <laughs> you should have just left. You're like, yeah, it's me. I'm looking for a date. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go now, Run a cops.
0: And we'll see you later. <laughs> What are they gonna do? Chase you down in that golf cart? Right. They put the old siren on top of it. <laughs> 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 oh well. But you know what you didn't do? You didn't call a press conference. You didn't take a polygraph. I did tetan- not <laughs> smart. <laughs> and you didn't start running your mouth. <laughs> no. You fucking said I didn't do it, and you went about your business.
1: I got in my car and never thought of it again until yeah. just now. <laughs> 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 Um, So on May 21st, 2019, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and Atlanta Police Chief Erica Shields announced that officials would retest evidence from the murders, which will be gathered by the Atlanta Police Department, Fulton County District Attorney's Office, and the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. In a news conference, Mayor Bottoms said, quote, it may be there is nothing left to be tested, but I do think history will judge us by our actions and we will be able to say we tried. Well, so what became of that? Uh, nothing so far. That's right. it's just kind of still going through the It was only a couple motions. months ago. Yeah. FBI profiler John Douglas said that while he believes that Wayne Williams committed many of the murders, he does not think that he committed all of them. And he added that he believes that law enforcement have some ideas of who the other killers are, and he added, quote, it isn't a single offender, and the truth isn't pleasant.
2: What the fuck does that mean? Goddamn, pal. Yeah. That's ominous.
1: I think it's, Um, I would think maybe the clan, Like there was some type of a multi yeah. hmm. thing I, going on. I think that on.
0: makes no sense. I really do. There's got to be some of that at least. Just taking advantage of the situation.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I think yeah. there's something to that Charles Sanders guy, and I mean that's just that's some crazy well, he's coincidence. Part of the KKK, yeah. You know, yeah, I
0: think absolutely.
1: Well, it's just that's some crazy. something right there. Yeah, yeah. It's just coincidence that this kid, uh, Luby Jeter, hits his truck and scratches it up with a go kart, and he says he's going to choke the kid to death, and then and then the kid's found choked to
0: death a <laughs> right. couple days later.
1: You know the interesting thing about Luby Jeter too is he was found. Um, his genitals had been cut off, and his feet had been cut off. He was the only oh, one why? found like that. And hmm. the KKK has a history of doing fucked up shit like yeah. that to to people, like mutilating people. That's a whole so, like that. yeah, yeah. That's, that's
0: extremely interesting. Yeah. In the um, sense of hmm. who may or may not have done it.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going down before we wrap it up so the unresolved ones would be 14 year old edward smith he died from the gunshot wound to the upper back he's no longer considered to be attributed to wayne williams milton 14 year old milton harvey
0: why how did all these people get dismissed from
2: wayne williams
1: It's just evidence over the years, and like the circumstances of how they were found. And okay, um, does
2: that mean those cases were reopened? Then
1: they're just considered unsolved. Yeah, okay, just cold cases at this point. Twelve-year-old Angel Lanier, who was the the first female victim. Uh, Ten-year-old Jeffrey Mathis, Uh, seven-year-old Latanya Wilson. Which that one. They should have been able to put that in there from the beginning that that was not mm. part of it because took the two guys in the window, yeah, yeah, took her out of her bedroom and then um Darren, ten Gla- year old Darren Glass, because his body was never found, and I think that's a fair thing to do, not just throw all this shit under Wayne Williams just to because it's game? easy to yeah, do. Yeah, um, they just wanted to wrap it up. I think I agree with John Douglas's uh, opinion that Wayne probably did a lot of them, but. I think there's a, a I number. I
0: think that's right. I, 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 I yeah. I 100% agree as well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of sh- shady shit going on in this one.
1: I think the two female victims for sure weren't Wayne Williams. I think Luby Jeter was, and I think that had something to do with <laughs> yeah the KKK I think there's stuff. enough
0: evidence to to show that, sure.
1: So yeah, that's the Atlanta child murders. It's
2: pretty unpleasant.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, the, I mean, the profile, the, the whole story is really. You know, the politics involved. Yeah, and, yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah. And
2: he's still
0: serving two life sentences where at now? Where is he?
1: Fulton. Hancock, uh, yeah,
2: Georgia Hancock. Hancock State Prison. Okay. Yeah. That's where he is. Yep. Still Catch
1: him saying on Mindhunter
0: season two. Catch the story. Yeah.
2: Just yeah. a side note, you know, we talk about Mindhunter. There's a couple of books that those guys, you know, Rustler and Douglas wrote and the other, uh, What's the other one? The doctor that, that will also work with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, John Douglas just had a new one come out a couple months ago. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's the Atlanta Child Murders. Wayne Williams. Ian, you got anything else on this one, on this story? Nope. We wrap it up all right. Dave, you got anything else you want to add to this one? No, sir. Pretty fucked up story. It's not great. I yeah. don't love it.
1: Ian, we got any shout outs? Um, for iTunes, we have LD Sana... Carolina 25, All Seeing Reads, Cute Stuff, XOXO123, and Mr. Facebook Guy. And then also um Amanda from Stitcher did not know that you could leave reviews on Stitcher. I just found that out the other day. She's the only one that's left us a review, but yeah. But she, f- on
0: Stitcher? On Stitcher, Oh, she yes. found out you could.
1: No, I found out that people can. Ah. I was just randomly looking at it and I saw. it. that's what
0: people ask recently. I think yeah. about where they can leave reviews. So, so. if you want to leave us a review on Stitcher, go ahead. Yeah. So
2: thank what you, everybody.
0: That, what was that one complicated name? XO XO one two seven
2: eight nine four. Is that is that the one that said Dave was her favorite? I believe a, so. That was a great review. I love that one. <laughs> thanks, yeah. thanks a lot. You probably paid for that one as well. <laughs> so I you highly could, concur. You did for that other people. D- D- Dave's my favorite on, on the show too. Yeah. Buy shout outs. <laughs>
0: Dave, what shout outs do you have on, on uh,
2: Instagram? V Lowry and Gross Greta. Thanks for oh. your undying support.
0: This Thursday, if you're listening to this episode um, in the week that it drops, this Thursday, September 5th, we are officially launching the first bonus content for uh, Patreon uh, subscribers. It is going to be the Son of Sam episode. Yeah, sounds like, good. The Patreon's
2: me. cheaper than a fucking pumpkin spice latte. So it get is, on, man. absolutely. Five dollars a month, you're gonna
0: get <laughs> if you if you subscribe for five dollars a month, you're gonna get seven episodes of Necronomipod a month. Yep, it's a lot for the the four free Sunday bonus show or Sunday regular shows plus three bonus shows. Goddamn, yeah. <laughs> son of a bitch. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Necronomapod. Hit us up there. Send us what you uh, like, what you don't like. We like hearing from you guys. We like talking to you guys. Um, Please subscribe to the Patreon if you... uh so feel inclined we would love to uh have you involved and we're going to give the patrons some more say in what some of the bonus content is as well so you can kind of pick your own episodes in that um so to speak so doesn't yeah, doesn't
2: one lucky patron every month aren't we sending mike out to give him a rim job is <laughs>
0: uh, that the I, plan
2: i play skin flutes only <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's well
1: you guys ready for a hold beer
2: cheers please